The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deconstructions Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Adam Narlock. And I am John Williamson. And this week, kind of to kick off the next month, you're going to notice kind of a theme that we have going on that we didn't intend necessarily, but just kind of fell into place. Now, before we get into that, um, this is a really special interview that we did uh, months and months and months ago when we first started. (laughs) As you'll be able to tell by our interview style or lack thereof uh, when this begins, but also, uh, we want to make note that the audio quality is not the greatest. We had some severe, uh, to say the least, technical difficulties when we recorded this one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, probably um, sent our sound guy into drinking at that point. <laughs> We're sorry, Nick. Thanks, man. Uh, so Nick had to do some some work with this one. So we, we realized before he's a magician, he though. He really is. He man. is. He's like a like a Gandalf. Like he's like Gandalf. <laughs> you went way cooler. I was going to say like the Chris Angel of sound <laughs> editing. <laughs> you know, the the, the tool bag uh, of of magic. <laughs> but just kidding, Nick. That's not uh, what I think of you. But you're more like David Blaine, dude. Oh, for sure, street magic. Yes. Um, but yeah, Nick had to do some major work on this one. Um, and the reason that we decided not to re-record it, uh, a couple things. The first one being that the content to this one um, is really important to us, and that's kind of the theme of this month. Um, we have some really special guests coming up that we're really excited about, but have kind of this common theme where they dealt with some sort of um, tragedy or just some sort of major disruption in their mm. lives. All a little bit different, uh, but all just very traumatic instances in it's their a, lives. It's almost like when... I think the theme that comes out also... like. This is when deconstruction isn't just intellectual. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's three there are going to be three glowing examples of how um three different individuals handled things in three very different ways and all three of them do different things in life but came out on the other side in a very positive way. Yeah. Um it didn't destroy their faith. Um you know, I, I think all three of them would say it strengthened it, but it looks a little different out the other side. Every one of them looks very, very different. But uh, this guy's a musician. His name is Brennan Strong. Oh, that's the other reason we really wanted <laughs> yeah. an excuse to to put this out because the music accompanying this Ugh. episode, as you will well realize upon listening to this, is spectacular. And how these guys aren't just playing arenas somewhere is beyond me. Oh, they will be. Yeah, so you guys really are going to get um, a major first taste of of uh, Brennan's band, uh, Monarchs Music, um, and 
it's just like Adam said is incredible. It's just his voice is insane. Isn't this like some of the members of One Republic? Yeah, there's so there's one guy in the band, uh, Brett Cutzel, who is a member of One Republic, who um, produces a lot and mm-hmm. uh, does a lot of the the music writing and stuff like that. So he, so um, and, and uh, yeah, so they've been in the studio for like the better part of a year now, and so some of these songs um, you can't hear anywhere else. So. Um, but this guy's yeah, this story is deconstructionist exclusive yeah <laughs> kind of so this guy i've been following him for for the better part of a decade and so the reason we wanted to have him on is because not only is he a man of faith but um he posted at the beginning end of this year i guess december ish um posted this really just gut-wrenching um had this post on his facebook i guess i don't know mm. what you would call that yeah um but just about all the struggles that he had been going through that you would never know uh by the by the surface you know we talk a lot about about uh a lot about um putting your best facebook pictures up and presenting your life in just such like a way carefully curated existence that we all show each other yeah and which this is, is just, a prime example which is just bs it's just complete shit right and and this is just a prime example of a guy who, on the outside, you're like this brilliant musician. He's got uh, working on his third album. Um, you know, insanely good voice. A very handsome man. Might Can I, I just add. say, insanely good voice? Yeah. I mean, this is going to get a little awkward now. <laughs> it's like magic. It really I is. I bet that guy just farts rainbows <laughs> because that. I mean, <laughs> his voice. Appreciate that. His yeah. voice is spectacular. Yeah, and and so he's got this amazing voice on top of being a very handsome man. Like it's kind of, he's kind of an intimidating person, I would imagine in in in, uh, in person. You know? Did you have a little man crush going on? I there? might have a little man crush on there. <laughs> I'm just jealous because he's always he always seems like he has perfect hair. Yeah, know? he does. That's what I'm I'm chasing that 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 rainbow. You know? But anyway. So we don't want to talk about it too long. We want you guys to get to the the, the meat of this interview, but um, it some of it may be hard to listen to. There is a little bit of language. Didn't even feel like an interview. No, it's it, gonna feel like you're eavesdropping on something you're really not supposed to hear. Yeah, which is really cool because we've all got this real story within us somewhere, and so rare does it actually come out in raw, unfiltered form. And several of the things you're gonna hear, not only on this episode, but on episodes following um, another one coming out later this month that is going to blow your minds is yeah. just it, that raw, unfiltered form. And this one's got the low audio quality to even <laughs> make it seem raw and unfiltered, but it's Very worth. Li- it's so worth listening to. To be and our we, most we, hipster episode. We've been sitting on this forever, and we're just like, finally, it's just like, ah, let's just fit it in. Okay, it'd be perfect here. We can't not use this. Right. Right, and even though it's not awesome quality, <laughs> Nick did a great job with it, and the content is so real. Yeah, you're gonna hear real emotions uh, behind the stories that um, that Brennan tells, and um, like I said, parts of it will be hard to hear. I mean, certainly the stories that that he was telling us were were a little hard to hear at sometimes. Mm. You know, just because you hurt for this guy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you learned something from this, um, and I think it's going to touch a lot of people out there in, in ways that, you know, just talking about it from third person could. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, again, this is a, kind of a bonus episode that'll kick off our month of September. We can't wait for you guys to hear what we have coming. It's going to be a real um, unique, slightly unusual, but uh, I think you guys are going to love it. So without further fantastic. ado, Brennan freaking Strawn from Monarch. Boom. Boom. Shock a lot. Let's run through the night. 
With, with kind of your background, you kind of mentioned it like when we were talking a little bit earlier about um, your upbringing and you were kind of raised in the church. So um, talk a little bit about that. Where are you from? You know, um, you know, how were you raised? You were yeah. raised religious. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Man, <laughs> um, man I, I was raised in Pittsburgh, grew up in a very charismatic church. For anyone that doesn't know what that means, it's very uh, spirit filled. Um, so if if some people feel like they don't like their more like the Baptist world where you just sort of like go through the motions and you do a sermon and everyone prays and leaves. We were very much, uh, it was like speaking in tongues, yeah, yeah. like slaying in the spirit, like <laughs> at a very young yep. age, very young age. I was surrounded by that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that was normal for me. Um, and, uh, I think it was through, yeah, I went through like youth group and just, 90s christian stuff you know oh, uh, the t-shirts kids wore the t-shirts with the uh um, god's gym. like all the christian symbolism <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wwjd yes dc yeah. talk all that stuff oh, yeah. i grew up in that and um yeah and then around i think like around junior high or 13 or 14 i was you know i started uh noticing girls are looking at me and um you're handsome. My attention, yeah. well, handsome. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> my attention, my attention started to turn from uh, my faith to oh, girls. And then I was hearing about, um, like, my pastors at the time were saying that if you, you know, touch a girl, if you do this, then it's you're in sin. And 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 when you're a young kid with hormones, oh, dude. Uh, 90% of what you're thinking about is a girl with boobs oh, yeah. and more. 10% yeah. 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 like everything else. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that I was a pretty evil person, you know, oh, and, um, I don't know of a dude that can't relate to that. That didn't come from there. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I'm hundred percent yeah. there, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've talked to many guys that grew up in this type of background and guys that didn't grow up like this, they found it kind of baffling. They're like, what? Know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like what? They're like, I talked to my so... dad about that stuff. You're like, what are you <laughs> <Yeah>. talking about? <laughs> we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't do that. I mean, there's so much shame involved. So and, much shame, uh, man. But it, you know, it's so funny. It really, the shame really wasn't as much in my parents as it was just in the church. So I agree. Um, it was just a lot of, some of the guys would, uh, I guess, make me feel like less of a, less of a believer because I was struggling, struggling. Sure. With, yeah, it's like you don't have as much of this spirit or whatever. Yes, right? yes, right. yes. And I felt isolated sometimes, and I didn't feel like my other friends because I really did think that I was the only one out of my buddies that had this lust problem that was just consumed by it. Where Ugh. you're the only uh, person was, I've ever met with a lust problem, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially when it comes to guys. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, um. I'd always carried, like, I always believed in God, and that was always important to me all my life. 
But at some point in my teenage years, I don't know when exactly it was. It might have been when I started hooking up with girls. But uh, I sort of deviated from the things that I remember from the, from my old spirit life, which was putting God first. And then women just became my drug, you know, totally. yeah. right till I moved to New York. So that's for the last 20 years until I got saved this last year. It's been that way, you know, just wow. girls. That's all I cared about and myself. Yeah. So that was my background yeah. in the church. I mean, wow. gr- girls are pretty pretty cool in my opinion yeah so like I'm, i get that yeah i, I get, get that, that. yeah it's, man it's a good drug i mean it worked for me for so long as far as like getting my identity like issues and like uh feeling like i was worth something but over time i realized that that just isn't enough whole, you know yeah, yeah. enough me. time passes yeah. man enough time enough girls enough experiences and you know that it that meter never the needle never moves so, i know and you're just it's like true. what what and that, that yeah. goes for so many other things too. I mean, yeah. you can pick your poison, right? Yeah. 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 It's for some, yeah. For some reason that like, I didn't even know that I was idolizing it. You know, it, I put, I put all of my identity in the idea of a girl wanting me. And, um, I get that a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Sure. All my validation, all, every, yeah. every kind of validation through, uh, where I would go when I lived in New York, everywhere I would go and playing in bands, uh, I would need I would need to know that somebody wanted me that way uh, yeah. physically wanted me yeah and uh, if a girl didn't I would go home and check my hair I would like like am I not lifting enough weights is, like yeah. is my skin yeah. all messed up like oh, what is man. it my beard too long and that's all I cared about you know and it was it was total vanity and stuff and I'm even writing about vanity right now most of our album that we're finishing has a lot to do with vanity oh uh, dude we're gonna have to talk about that yeah. man i'm gonna want to yeah, hear it for sure yeah, i'm yeah. gonna hear some, <laughs> some, some wisdom imparted there <laughs> oh so good man so so talk a little bit about because i noticed that um you know like i said i've been following you for years and i remember mm. reading an article an interview that you did um probably right around the time that lowly came out okay and, um and lowly you talked a lot about the fact that um you mm. uh like we're dealing with some struggles, like you were living in, in New York City at the time and you were dealing with, uh, you know, just kind of some of those those struggles, especially with girls and women. And, and I just thought it was really raw and honest of you to like, because you can tell it kind of comes out, you know, in the album in the lyrics. And um, I think you've mentioned that in a couple articles or a couple interviews where, you know, you're a very honest and raw kind of uh, author when it comes to that. <laughs> So talk yeah. about that a little bit, because obviously you seem to you seem to kind of work through um, things you're going with through through music, which I think is beautiful. So mm. yeah, I, you know it's funny. I I always um, I always resonated with artists that were so transparent, and I always found it very rare when I would hear it, like yeah. when an artist would really show their heart. You know, I know that Page of the Lion does that a lot, but there's like. Um, there was a time, yeah, in New York, I think it was like 2006, 2007, when I wrote that album. I mean, yeah. literally, that whole record is about uh, the constant bombardment with trying to deal with having these one-night stands and yeah. trying to understand what it is, Whoa. having all this guilt from religion. So oh, I, yeah. it was this constant, like, do I need to just be delivered from this religiousness, or do mm-hmm. I need to just go full on into these one-night stands? And... and Almost every song is about that. Even the song, um, that's the song called man. "Find Others" on that. Yes, and, uh, that's and one that of my song, tracks, man. I, I say the lyric, um, uh, "Succumb, um, find." Um, I wait till you're gone to come by another, and 
I'm being very literal about that. Yeah. Very literal about that. Which wow. is uh, with sex addiction, you you just you get you get one girl. She gives you your identity, and you feel good with that girl. As soon as she leaves, you feel horrible about yourself. So the only thing that's going to make you feel better is another girl. Yeah. So yeah. that song was literally about the the fact that I would just look for women and anyone that would want me, and then as soon as I was over, I would just come with another. You know, and mm. song if you dance is the same thing. It's just singing about that oh. stuff. So I look. I haven't heard that record in a long time, but that's uh, deep, man, dude. It's still it's still just as good now as it was then, man. Let me cool. tell you. <laughs> oh, that's so cool to hear, man. Yeah, yeah I did that with Brigid. I'm sure it's because it came from that said, real place, though. Okay, you know that's yeah. why that's why music is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that, guys. I, I feel like uh, the only way that I could ever really write is is like that, and I've I've worked with guys now that are helping me. Um, get better at it you know yeah so trans- transparency is a good thing oh, that's um the best thing. and yeah it really is and and uh but it's also good to work with other writers that help you be transparent and give you the right imagery and visuals yeah. and stuff like that to really kind of come across because those those records i was pretty young i was just writing literally what i was going through like well this is very literal i'm just gonna be as literal as i can <laughs> here it so, is but, yeah <laughs> so, so yeah Oh man, that's so, so let good. me let me. So we're talk, talking about the old days. Let me take you way back. Let's go back Please. to uh, 2004. <laughs> okay, okay. So I I happen to find this article, another interview that you had done, uh, where you had mentioned the fact that you didn't think that that Christian music at the time was um, honest and authentic enough at the time. Do you still feel that way? And and I will take it further. Uh, do you feel that that's an, a larger issue? That's just a microcosm of Christianity as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! I well, you know what? I do still think that. Um, Good for you, man. But music yeah. has, yeah, music has transitioned very much into worship. So I do like that. It's gone from this to pointing up there. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I love right. that we've we've we're giving God uh, the glory more um, with lyrics, and and we're it's less about a little less about like trying to relate with people through cool little lyrical hooks like audio adrenaline and stuff like that. You know, like, <laughs> What's like, wrong with cool. Big House, like, man? Like big house What's wrong with Big House? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do miss some of the humanity that uh, you would hear, even in like an old Keith Green song, you know, like yeah, just some calling. of that real humanity. Uh, I don't follow so much with some of the maybe indie bands that are maybe killing it, but as far as like mainstream Christian music, I don't really, um, yeah, I don't see a lot of... Um, the real struggle and maybe the stuff that makes people empathize with believers. Cause I think mm. that's the real problem with listeners and people that love good music is oh, yeah. there is a lack of empathy and empathy is so important in music because if you can't empathize mm. with the writer or singer, how is, how are the laws going to even know what you're talking about? You know? So yeah, there needs the to be some kind of connection with the world yeah, to yeah. say this, we're like this, we're all like this, but we need a savior. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but I believe that's just a, a a man problem. I don't know if it's a music problem. It's just a heart <laughs> issue in general, you know. Because yeah, that's even lacking in mainstream music is that bit. Of I actually have a question about that, if you don't mind. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Um, there's a really cool short CNN article, uh, not article, but interview with Billy Corgan, and he was talking about how God. He says God is the third rail of rock and roll, meaning like. So you've got, you know, worship music and then you've got secular music. And that's basically it at this point. And he's like, you know, spirituality is something that no matter where you are in life is something that is this, we're drawn to it. And in rock and roll, you know, they talk about 
relationships. They talk about addiction. They talk about sex. They talk about drugs. They talk about death. They talk about life. They talk about all these kinds of things. But God is this like uncharted territory in rock and roll. And he's like, and I think it's a freaking gold mine because everybody can relate to it. And you don't need to be a worship band. You don't even need to be a Christian band. But people need to start talking about the divine in music. Hmm. I, 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 it's really interesting that you're saying that now because I really believe that, especially in Los Angeles, and God's been speaking this to my heart and some other believers around, that he is going to start a revolution through music in this wow. town. Wow. And uh, it's a big prayer. A lot of us are praying in the church. Uh, a lot of because I, I know a lot of musicians in the mainstream that are believers in bands yeah. that aren't singing about this stuff. And it's been baffling to me since I got saved. I, I've called out a few friends like you've got a huge platform. Um, why aren't you talking about these things that really matter? Yeah. And um, wow. we should all talk about the things that matter to us, man. That's we should. You should. And it That's is tough. uncharted territory. It really is. But the yeah. times where people really go deep, I, I just feel. Man, I'm telling you, from the people that I talk to, the unbelievers, and and from atheists to, I mean, everybody that I know in this town, there is just such a longing for something more. And uh, you, you, as soon as you get deep with someone, start talking to someone about it, we all that, want more. Yes. This. And why aren't, yeah, rock and roll is a really great platform, yeah, to get deeper. And, and I didn't even know Billy Corgan, that's cool that Billy Corgan said that stuff, yeah, that doesn't Google surprise that. me about Google him though. God is the third rail of rock and roll, Billy Corgan. That's it's great. a short little interview, it's great and just so insightful. That was yeah. weird for me to hear too. It's so <laughs> insightful, because I think it's spot on too, and I think that what you said about how we all want more, that's kind of what we're finding in this little podcast that we've started doing, and all of the outpouring of people that have wrote in, tweeted in, hit our forum, called us, texted us, emailed us. It's this sort of, no matter whether you're a person of faith, quote, whatever, or a person that looks at themselves as just a seeker of, you know, intellect or realization or science or whatever you want to call it, there is this huge reality out there that is we can't totally always grasp it. And we always want more. We always want more revelation, but we box ourselves in and by something and we say, that's it. This is it. This is my reality. This is my God. You know, this is my, this is it. This is the formula. This is how it is. And what we're finding by this deconstructionist podcast is when we start allow to allow people and invite people to pull things apart, because either life is going to do that to you and you're going to be shocked, or you can start to actually take the initiative and think and look at things and feel safe doing it in a community of people. And, and we're just finding that... That is just something that's really resonating with people because we do want more. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I, I it's interesting too that um, when 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 you're thinking about what uh, what we can do as putting our stamp on like humanity and how to actually put a stamp on the culture, mm. uh, and when you're talking about putting things in a box and putting God in a box, and I've I've always felt that about just modern day Christians. And modern day Christianity yeah. that would yeah. be boxed God up to the point where we're not, and I, I'm guilty of this too, we're not thinking bigger. We're yes. not actually dreaming bigger. We're yes, not giving right? him beautiful dreams. We're not doing the things that maybe Michelangelo was doing back oh, in the day, yes, you know, creating dude. these amazing pieces of art. Like, why are we not, why are we not trying to move God's heart? the way he moves ours, you oh, know, like man. why, why would I say I'm going to write just a typical worship song and go play 
down at, you know, the Rock Church and get all, you know, the teens all together. We'll do a worship service. Why am I not thinking, what about Staples Center, man? Like, yeah. oh, Lord, dude. send yeah. me to Staples Center. Let me get all the people out that don't know who you are in that room. Yeah. And let's sing about you. You know, I mean, it's that's the stuff Music I want God to get moved by. Not the typical thing that we've been doing for 20 years. And right. and I want to be surrounded by men and women that dream that way. Well, when know? I listened to the, the EP that you sent us, man, I I saw that. I saw something huge. I saw something beautiful. I, I felt like you guys were reaching towards the stars with that thing. And, yeah, uh, really? Yeah. And, you know, you know, the beginning of this episode, you heard um, some of this music from Monarch. And at the end of this episode, you're going to hear some more. And uh, we just really appreciate that, man. You're nailing it. I, I'll never yeah, forget. Thank you. You know, some of the best transcendent experiences that I think anybody has ever had has been at a concert, not necessarily a Christian concert. In fact, yeah. my most transcendent experience I think I've ever had in music is when I saw Cigarettes. Where'd you see them? Detroit at Fox Theater. Yeah. What year was that? It was 2011. It was when okay. uh, Brennenstein came out. or No, Viker. Okay. Yeah, I uh, saw them uh, uh, in Columbus. What? Uh, really? So I'm in Columbus during the... Parentheses tour. Oh, you guys remember that one? That, that was album, like dude. That album. Three or two thousand two. Oh yeah. my but, gosh. Uh, they had. Um, I'll never forget. They had this like screen behind them. Yes. During during track eight or seven or whatever, when it was all like crescendoing. Yeah. The it was like a building that was going uh, floating down. And it was floating down further and further. So the whole room felt like we were falling. Oh my uh, god. As they're like crescendoing this. Thing. I don't know if they still do that now, but I was oh, in tears that did. concept. So what you're Incredible. saying that you experienced, I agree. That yeah. show is unreal. It was unreal. <laughs> I mean, like Radiohead was amazing. Radiohead was like yeah. watching math, like beautiful math <laughs> yeah, equations yeah. almost. Like you're like, you're just, like entranced yeah. by like, I don't know, like chaos theory or something weird like that. Yeah, chaos but, like, theory. But like Cigarose was the most transcendent. Yeah. yeah. People had their hands up. I mean, people are, you know, probably drunk drugged out you know they have but they know that this is lifting me up this is pointing at something transcendent and mysterious and beautiful and huge and expansive yeah that's what people are longing for yeah yes that that is so very much what one of my dreams is out here is to go into the clubs glow into those uh scenes where people just want a musical experience and show them how how the power of christ and how god really flows through this music and to be able to to be able to see god through it you know and hit people in a, in a place that they're not used to because a lot of people think that to be able to get into the presence of god you have to be in a church right and be right. around uh stuffy christians yeah and i'm trying to express that i i would say 99 percent of the encounters that i've had with god have not been in the church nothing against the church but that he I'm, works I'm in right all these different you, places you know yeah. the I'm weirdest right places you. you know he spoke to me the other day at uh Jersey Mike's. I'm just sitting there eating a sandwich. She just, boom, like, Holy yeah. Spirit, like, spoke a word to me. And I was like, what in the world? So I want to go into the clubs and play these music and play music and then talk about our testimonies and, and actually, like, tell people about what God did in our lives and show people, like, look, we're, we're just normal humans like you yeah. that tried everything and nothing worked. And then we found this this God who's changed our lives. Right. And all we want to do is yeah. talk about him now yeah. because it's incredible. Like, I was going to die. You know, I almost died until he rescued me. So talk about we're that. not yeah, a bunch yeah. of weirdos. Well, do, you mind, weirdos do you mind talking about that? But we're like everyone else. You know, yeah. we're just young. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. Well, I, la, yeah, last year I was in a real dark place. I mean, very dark place. I was doing 
my own thing since my divorce. I got divorced about a year and a half ago with my ex-wife, and um, it was it was awful. Like uh, she and I had a very tumultuous tumultuous is that the word tumultuous, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tumultuous? Yeah. Um, marriage. Uh, we had a lot of up and downs, <laughs> but um, we just had a lot of intimacy problems and especially through my addiction through my whole life, my sex addiction that I dealt with, I thought when I got married that that would all be solved. And it wasn't. And uh, I never really felt like I fully put myself into the marriage. You know, I always had like kind of one foot out. And I feel like she was constantly trying to... Uh, she always felt like she was trying to please me in every way possible and mm. almost idolized me to yeah. where I wow. was this number one thing in her life and for my ex-wife she was always like number three mm, you know yeah, sure. um and i didn't realize that till after we were divorced of course but i just put her you know i put her to the side i just i was constantly working and yeah. emotions and stuff didn't i didn't really put her first uh she had an affair like maybe like five years into the marriage and that really wrecked me sure oh, but wow. you know I, I do take a lot of responsibility for that affair but I never, I never really got over it. And then uh, our last year in LA, we were involved in a lot of really bad stuff, man. Like uh, we were swinging at one point, trying uh, to do everything we could to yeah, just uh, get it going, just trying to get it going, get our marriage sort of the intimacy problems like fixed. And we thought, sure. we thought sleeping with other people would help. Yeah, sure. Just looking back at it, it's just crazy, dude. You're, you're just trying, trying to do whatever. Like, yeah. Um, you're desperate, but yeah. you gotta realize, like, you're two desperate people in Los Angeles. You're, we got caught up in the life here. Yeah, yeah, literally. And at that point, at that point, that year, this is our last year of marriage. We were just like, "Fuck it, let's just do whatever." Yeah. And um, it didn't solve anything. It got really dark, and it was really strange seeing ourselves that way. And I remember I, I kind of came to my senses one day, and I was like, I, "I don't think we should be doing this anymore." Yeah. And she agreed with me. Yeah. And uh, for like maybe another month, we tried doing the marriage thing. And at one point we were walking down the street and she said uh, that she wanted to like date other people and never actually wanted to ever sleep with me again and stuff like oh, that. And for a husband, that's just the worst thing you could hear your wife oh say. God. Oh, man. And that wrecked me. Like oh, I, I, I couldn't yeah. get over that at no. all. And I walked out of the marriage and um, yeah, so yeah, it was pretty shitty. But then she <laughs> – but then after I walked out of marriage, I really wanted to win her back, and I tried to win her back, but she was over it and started dating another guy right away, and I got really upset, and then I got on that Tinder game, and yeah. I was just all up on that Tinder thing, man, like, for a good <laughs> I'm so year. glad that didn't exist it's when I was younger. I was <laughs> I'm really glad Tinder did not exist. Like, so yeah. my closest friends were, they were like, I was a caricature of myself. They're, yeah. <laughs> so you guys were married, right, I'm assuming? You guys yeah. Are both married, so. yeah, 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 we're married. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that <laughs> yeah. game is dangerous, and and I got to where. Okay, good. Yeah, I got to where. <laughs> I got to where I was. I was like sleeping with a different girl almost every single day, and at one point, at one point, it felt like maybe there was like, you know, one day I was with three different girls in one day. Wow. And I knew that that was there's something wrong with me. And I was hiding. I was keeping all this. I didn't tell anybody, you know, Man. really. It was like maybe two guys that knew some extent of it. Um, 
But even but your closest the, friends. The fact of the matter is, all, that's all that I was doing. I wasn't doing anything else. I just would wake up and do that. Wow. And I was doing a lot of drugs and smoking a ton of weed. I would just wake up in the morning and smoke all day long. And everything. all this was going on yeah. while I was still leading worship at churches and stuff and yeah. trying to, because I always fit in that world. Right. And, um, but I never really, my heart wasn't there. I didn't, Jesus didn't mean anything to me. I didn't sure. care, you know? Sure. And, yeah. uh, uh, it never, he never really did since I was like 13. Wow, so yeah. one, it was one day and I had been, I've been contemplating suicide for a long time. I had this really terrible incident at a friend's wedding and, uh, where I kind of embarrassed myself cause I was stoned and drunk and, and, um, I was at home one morning and I, I'd been like researching all this stuff about suicide, about, uh, the best ways to die, the uh, most easy way to die. And I couldn't find anything really that was peaceful. Cause I was like, I'm too much of a coward to blow my brains out. Oh, like man. I don't have the, I was like, I don't have the, the balls to do that. And it was the quickest way. Cause you can't really do pills. Cause there's all this like stuff attached to that. If you take the wrong amount, you get brain damage. I don't want to like wake up and be, be you know, brain damage. So, yeah. uh, hanging was the only thing that made sense. And I've been putting it off for a little bit, but I wrote a will one week and, and I, uh, after I wrote this will, I, uh, I woke up one morning and a girl just left my apartment. And I was in bed. It was like maybe 10 a.m. And I just came to me. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I really can't be around anymore. And I'm like, even breathing hurt, like taking breaths. I hated the air that was going in my lungs. because I felt like I didn't deserve to breathe. It's really strange the, the amount of depression and self-hate I had. Man. That I actually felt like I'm wasting the air that someone else could be using. Wow, dude. So, yeah, I woke nuts. up at like 10 a.m. I, I took a this rope around my door, the doorknob of my closet door and wrapped it around the other side. Ugh. Yeah, man. And uh, I, I spent like a week not <sighs> thinking about my parents so I wouldn't think about them. I wrote a will out and then I, I hung myself and I was hanging there for a while. Just I was pushing all this force down. After I kicked the bench out, trying to strangle it to death, and it was just wow. unbearable, you know. Oh my gosh. And as I'm as I'm hanging myself, I'm thinking little thoughts like, I don't know really God. I don't like I don't feel like I know you anymore. But please let me come to heaven. I've heard that suicides can still go to heaven or something. I'm thinking yeah. that stuff because I don't want to go to hell. Oh my gosh, man. And uh, as I'm strangling, uh, the rope just slips off the handle behind. However, I tied it, and I fell to the ground. And, uh, yeah, at that moment on the ground, it was like something came over me of what, just like, what has happened? How, how did this happen? You know, how does it, has it come to this? And, uh, I, I started, um, sort of getting my, my shit together and, and tried not to think about that. I just did that and started to contemplate how I'm going to do it again and how I'm going to actually make it work this time you know oh, wow. uh, i guess like when you go through suicide attempts you know you normally don't from my experience people i've talked to you normally don't just jump out of it and like okay well back to life it's like no that sucked how do i actually succeed in this next time yeah um so this day i was walking down Hollywood boulevard Hollywood boulevard and i always used to listen to stand-up comedy in my ears never music uh <laughs> always just something to distract myself yeah, from how right. i was actually feeling inside yeah um especially because like I felt like I was losing all my friends. Uh, it was a struggle with my deal and like, um, and my manager and all these people, I felt like I was letting everyone down and, and isolating myself. So this one day I was like, I'm tired of listening to stand up. I'm just going to listen to something positive for one day. Cause I'm just sick of putting garbage in my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. like maybe 10 years ago, 
Uh, I used to listen to this guy named Matt Chandler. I don't know if you guys know who Matt Chandler oh, is. Dude, yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. this preacher in Dallas. Great. Yeah. Okay. I remembered this guy. I remembered how I used to like listening to him. Like, well, let me just put something positive. Yeah, he's a beast, man. So I pulled up a Matt Chandler podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, he was talking about Samson. And as I'm walking out Holy Boulevard, I'm hearing this story about Samson and how this dude did everything that he wanted to do. And uh, even when he wanted to marry a Philistine, how his parents were like, why don't you marry into your own, like, tribe? He's like, no, because, you know, I she delights me and I'll do whatever I want. You know, he didn't give a shit. He just did whatever he wanted. And and like, I was really resonating with that dude. Like, he just like, no, I'll do this because I want to, I want her because that's what I want. Yeah. And all the way to the point of his real destruction is demise. And, um, and it started to choke me up because I was seeing myself Uh dying again. You know, I'm seeing how this guy died in his own sin. And I always knew what I was doing was wrong, you know, but I couldn't stop. And I, I sensed, for the first time, as I was listening to the sermon, something speaking to me, saying that uh, that I was in a very pivotal point in my life this day, that day, yeah. that I could go one way or the other, and one way was death, and the other way was life, wow. and I kind of had to make that choice, because I was, it wasn't like, I didn't get this feeling like, hey, you're going down the wrong path. I got this feeling like you're probably going to die in the next couple of days if you don't make a choice now, you know? And so I, I really felt this um, impasse and urgency of something, but I didn't know what it was. Man. So I'm sitting at Grauman's Chinese Theater now. I have like headphones in and I'm yeah. just I'm crying and crying and crying from this sermon and from just this sense of urgency, but I didn't have any answers to it. So I went home and I'm like pacing around the house and I'm just like, like what's going on like what what is what does this mean that i'm gonna die soon if i don't if i don't make a, a change and uh i heard god speak to me and say to go to mosaic which is a church that i would walk by around the corner uh, on la brea it was a wednesday and i remember thinking like there's no church on wednesdays <laughs> it doesn't make any sense yeah but i put my shoes on and i just i just walked over there not knowing really what time it was and I walked down there. As soon as I walked to the church, their service was starting on a Wednesday night. What? And yeah, it's crazy. And I, uh, so I went in, and I didn't want to go in because I, I, been, I was out of church for a while now, and I really didn't like listening to worship music. It always just, sure. I would sit there criticizing the music. And <laughs> like, production's yeah. all wrong. Why are they doing these M83 synths? Just be cool. <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, literally sitting there listening to this worship, just like, this is awful. And uh, the, worst, the worst attitude, the worst attitude. Yeah. But I kept feeling like something was telling me to stay. And uh, I, I suffered through the music. And then uh, I... Um, which I don't feel like that now, by the way. I love the music there, but uh, <laughs> sure, 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 at the time, sure. that was where my heart was. Yeah, right. I could only I could only judge. And uh, I listened to the sermon, and got, the guy was talking about being all in. And uh, and long story short, uh, I felt really moved by the sermon. I, I was like, the first time something really spoke to me at a church in a long time. I felt like those guys were really speaking to people my age and what we go through in the city. Yeah. Uh, so I stood up and I'm in tears, and this girl in front of me, she's actually still friends of mine. She turns around, and sees me, all crying. And she was like, do you mind if I pray for you? And I was like, that's fine. And she lays her hands on me and she prayed for me. And in that moment, uh, I know what it is now, but I got filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and it, it was like a rush that went from my feet all the way to my head. Like I literally felt like this fire go up my body and yes. these wow. weird waves and chills go. And I didn't know what to say. And I'm sort of shaking, looking at her and she goes, look, you don't have to say anything. You can, you could just go and I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll be praying for you this week. Is what she said. And I, and I, I, I left that place and I started running home. I was in cowboy boots. I'm running home all the way from the I put, <laughs> I put headphones in yeah. and I'm, and I'm, I'm yelling like at the top of my lungs out to God. And I'm yelling. I'm just like, I remember you from when I was a kid. And I was saying like, I'm so fucking tired of you. Yes. I'm tired of all this stuff that I'm dealing with. Like, I'm tired of feeling like I have to be perfect. I'm tired of religion. I'm like, I just, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. It's not, it's been yeah. life. I was, I was just trying to be real with him. Like, I was like, if you're real, if this is actually something that could be uh, revolutionary in my life, tell me now or let me die. Because I can't take this anymore. And I didn't hear anything. So I'm still running, getting more frustrated. Wow. <laughs> Having this real intense conversation. I'm cussing at him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very angry because I, I felt like I, I grew up in this and he was supposed to be there for me. Right. And right. why why is this such a struggle? Why can't I stop doing what I'm doing? Like, why why do I have to feel this guilt all the time? And it yeah. just makes sense to me. I'm like, all I hear is love. Everyone's saying love and joy. Right. I never know what joy was. Right. Like, all I knew all I knew about God was guilt and shame. That's the only thing I would ever relate with him. That's the yeah, only I think thing I a felt. lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to all I feel about God is guilt and shame. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Those are the only two feelings I would have. Not uh, a great, was, not a great uh, representation, in my opinion, no, of, the no, divi- man. of the divine so love. Warped. Yeah, so warped because it's so wrong. And uh, I ended up at the corner of Hollywood and Argyle. And um, I was standing there and I just had one last moment. And I, I, I sort of like took a deep breath and I said, okay, God, I keep asking you for stuff. I keep asking you to say these things and do these things. I'm wanting all this from you. Like I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I'll give you anything you want. Tell me what you want from me, and I'll give it to you. Do you want my music? Do you want my relationships? Do you want this? Do you want my money? Do you want this? Just tell me what you want, and I promise you, I'll give it to you if you'll take all this away. Like if you'll take this away, I'll give you anything. And I, at that point, like I, I was willing to sacrifice anything in my life. I would have dropped everything. I would, I would have left my band. I would have. Given everything I had away and moved somewhere if that's what he wanted because I, it was either that or death. Man. And when I said that, he spoke to me and he said the words, I want your body is what he said. <laughs> Which, <laughs> saying that, that I, it sounds fucking weird. Right? <laughs> so, like, I've I was, heard that before. I was standing there. But not, but not from God. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was in awe and I was like, like what does that, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean about my body? And he made it very clear. He's like, he's like, I want your body. I want your. He's like, and then I want your mind. I want your soul. I want your spirit. I want your heart. I want all of you. And he said, I know that the one thing that you haven't been able to give me is your body because you're giving it to everybody else. Wow. And once, and once this is mine, once that's mine, I'm gonna fix that. I'm going to fix that. And he starts pointing out all these things like that, that part of you that's a liar, that's going to be gone. That part of you, all that shame, that's gone. He's like, give that to me and I'll take it all. And dude, oh, I'm getting choked up thinking about it.
not kidding. In that moment, when he said that to me, and I realized, like, I, like the prodigal son, where you come to your senses, and it all made sense. Yeah, like, yeah. it was like, like that all made sense. And I said, I, I looked up in the heavens. I was like, all right, it's yours. Like, 100% to the day I die, it's completely yours. Every part of who I am, my body, soul, and spirit. In that instant that I repented and gave him all of who I was, all the guilt, shame were gone immediately, and he filled me with joy right away. Like, it was this immediate uh, burst of transformation. joy. And I, yeah, dude, I mean, I, stuff I would read about that I would roll my eyes at. Right, right, right. And you say it now, and maybe people will be listening and rolling their eyes as well. And I actually understand that sentiment when you hear a guy like me say this, because I would hear this stuff all the time. Sure. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, you got joy. But it's not, to explain it this way, joy isn't like this superficial fun bubbly pixar happiness what it is right. it's it's like you finally understand your worth and your wow. purpose and it makes you it makes you so overwhelmingly happy and fulfilled uh. that nothing else in this world could ever match that and that's how it is like no amount of money wealth fame women it just once you realize your identity and know who you are which is royalty you know, wow. that royalty. I was like, whoa, I am I'm not this piece of shit, horrible, disgusting person that I've thought of my life, that I actually matter and I'm beautiful and I'm loved and what I say and do matters and he's moved by me. Dude, I ran oh, on that day. That's so, so good, man. It was, it's, dude, it's been like that from that day, and that was September second. I even tattooed it on my body. But like that oh, is good. something that I've tried to share people in writing sessions and stuff and yeah. my life has been completely different you know i mean all all those old ways are gone man like it's just it's been uh, an amazing ride since that and god has been loving me every single day and um man i walk around i walk around like a prince you know as how we should be walking around i don't walk around defeated worried you know um stressed out with fear like he gave me the ability to see myself as he sees me and that is something that I would love for all of us. And that's something I would try to share with my friends is see see yourself the way God sees you. Because once you see the way he loves you and you're able to love yourself the way he does, man, we can just change lives that way. You know? that's, so anyways, that's, that's, that's what went let me, down. Let me ask you something real quick, man. Like yeah. most of the time, you know, when you hear about people of uh, the Christian faith, you know, you talk to people or you imagine those kinds of people, you don't think about somebody that – is walking around in any kind of freedom or lightness or mm. joy, or you, you think about somebody that is um, burdened down with shame and rules and very not free, not free to love people that are different from them, not free to question uh, the process or question their background or question the system. or You, know, you, you don't see what you're talking about. You see a, a heaviness. You see like a... Who the heck would want to be a part of something like that? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to that be a part of something so, like that. That is so accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. But <laughs> I mean, what what do you say about that, man? Like, why are so? What is your assessment of the problem? Yeah. Um, first of all, what you said is very much how how almost everybody I talk to about Jesus first feels. Uh, whenever you bring up that you're a Christian, uh, it's, well, I, 
I don't want to be part of that heaviness. I don't want to be part of something that, uh, aside of the fundamentalist stuff, like the judginess, like yeah, yeah. what's so interesting is yeah. like that aside, just they don't want to bring something in their life. That's going to make them be a, a weirdo and make them be someone yeah, yeah. that, that is, uh, I think a lot of unbelievers feel like Christians are the reason why there's a lot that's wrong in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I feel that way. A lot of times, yes, and a lot of times an unbeliever doesn't want to be a part of that. And to be honest, yeah, like you said, you feel that way. I felt that way too. Yeah. I hated saying I was a Christian. I didn't want to say it because all of a sudden now I'm being judged and someone thinks that I'm a certain way. I I was trying to date a girl one time and as soon as she heard that I believed in God, her first thing she said was, well, do you think that gays are going to hell? And I was just like, is uh, that really the first thing you think of when you, someone says they believe that, in God? Isn't that, isn't that and, freaking ridiculous? Well, yeah, I get it though. Why yeah, wouldn't she say that? Too. I mean, that is oh, what Why wouldn't she say that? Exactly. Why wouldn't yeah. she say that? Oh, man. Yeah. And, you know, at some point I was like, man, I wonder if people that live in the South, what if someone said, oh, you're from the South, does that mean you're a racist? You right, know? Right, like, yeah. it makes you wonder, like, what, what, how do we get so attached yeah. to those things and that is a problem man and i think what i've learned as as someone that came out of that stuff and um sees jesus the way he really is when i do get asked those questions or when i'm in a situation like that um it's very clear to me that people want to they want to know where where the heart is and what your heart is saying and uh if you're not treating a person like a recruit if you're not treating a person like they're just someone that you're trying to save so that you can tell someone that you saved someone, right. uh, people see through that, man. But if, if what you're trying to do is share what, what God has done and how he's actually transformed your life for the better, uh, it's hard to not be moved by that. And I go to, I'm in writing sessions often with different artists and it just comes up. Like it's hard for it not to come up for me to just discuss, Hey, I was suicidal and, and I got saved. Um, not in the sense that you think, but yeah. I'm actually like, my whole life is different because of because of God, because of Jesus. Yeah, and yeah. it's not these things that you read about on Facebook by all these guys that are blasting stuff about Muslims, and yeah. it is a problem. But I think it's a problem that our generation is going to take up that cross, and we're going to show who God really is oh, finally, I agree more. so the world can see him. So you were talking about you know just just you know coming back to the Lord and all, and, and re- regaining your faith. So um, one of the things we talk about our podcast is when when people are going through their own deconstruction and kind of tearing away the things that don't really make sense to them anymore and, and, and maybe finding a broader, like more inclusive uh, type of faith, uh, we talk about how important community is. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe you can talk a little bit about like the, the community that you found out, out in L.A. to kind of support you and walk you through. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's uh that is such an important thing that I didn't realize was important. It's almost a a phrase I think people use that that uh so it's a helicopter above me. <laughs> They're watching you, man. Often here. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, community is one of those things that uh, without it, it is so easy to spiral out of control and. That happened to me a couple times after I got saved too, how much I needed to have my friends. And, and I went from hanging out to mostly just my group of girlfriends that I had. Like I had about quite a group of girlfriends that I would – they weren't like girlfriends in a sense that we we're committed to each other. But right. they were girls that I sleep with and hang out with. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it was really stupid. But I, <laughs> I went from those girls being one of the people I really spent time with 
to maybe a couple guys and musicians and stuff to now uh, God has brought all these incredible people from the church in my life now. What happened was uh, after I got saved, I was really struggling finding other believers that I felt were like me sure. and I could be myself around. Yeah, and important. Because you got to understand, like, coming out of the church and all I knew about the church really was people that were better than me and more grounded, and I couldn't relate with them or tell them the things that I actually have done. Because they were so much holier than you. Yes. Right? I felt like I was too sinful to even be able to be myself around other Christians. Man, I and know. And that was something I had to relearn. It's yeah. not true, you know? And uh, it was one day I was uh, really feeling like I was too isolated. I would spend most of my time in my apartment watching Todd White sermons and and I, I was finding that like I didn't I didn't really have any friends, you know, like all, all of my unbelieving friends really didn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. Um uh I tried to like hang out with some of my closest friends, this one producer guy that I'm really close with. He just really kind of cut me out of his life and um one, one of my best friends sort of stopped talking to me uh, in the sense of a of a real friendship that I had with him and that really was really devastating to me. Uh, but it was all because of who I was before and I kept feeling like all the people that knew me before, who I was before, aren't accepting this new part of me, or at least not believing it, Interesting. and wow. think that think that it's kind of just a new facade or a new phase that I'm going through. Sure. And uh, I remember this thing that I think Jesus said. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong about how a prophet is never accepted in his own land. Not that I'm comparing myself to a prophet, but what I yeah. mean in the sense that someone that is different a lot of times isn't accepted amongst his old, the people he used to hang out with, Absolutely. you know, that you don't totally make as true, much, man. I've noticed I don't make a much, as much of an impact with uh, the people that knew me before. I got well, because people you know? think once they know you, they know you through and they know you forever yes. and you're not yes. allowed to change. <laughs> right. It's just like, man, we got to give each other some grace here and I some know. space yes. to move. Yeah. Yes. And there have been some that have been that, that with me, which is awesome, but not that common. So I, one night I was just praying. I was like, Lord, I, I'm feeling really, um, I'm really bummed that I don't have any friends and uh, you know, I like that I could get real with you guys here too is, is a lot of times just when you have a bit of a public figure, like if, if there's a lot of weight to what you say sure. um, and a lot yeah. of times if I feel that in my life, um, the reality is, is I've been very lonely for a very long time. I really didn't have any f- real friends. I just didn't have them. I yeah. pushed them all away and people didn't want to hang out with me because I was such a tool bag. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I prayed one night. I was like, God, would you please bring some people to me that I can talk about this stuff with? Because honestly, the real reason I want a friend is so I can just talk to people yeah, about yeah, Jesus man. and my faith and not feel judged. You're going to talk about what I you're going through and what you're experiencing what and exactly. like how you're, how, yeah. You yep. can't process something alone. No. <laughs> <laughs> can't. I had so many questions that I needed people in my life that could answer them because I, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and all these things, I, what was going on in my heart and in my soul. I just needed answers. And luckily I had the Bible, which was amazing. And I had amazing preachers on watch online. But so, uh, one night I just, I think it was the next, it was the next day. Actually, I found out that mosaic was doing this, um, thing where they're inviting everyone to just come out and meet people and like do like small groups and stuff. That's what Christians call like hanging yeah. out. Small yeah. Groups. <laughs> yeah. Fellowship. They fellowship. Yeah. yeah. We fellowship, man. Yeah. What a weird word. So, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I went to that. I met a ton of people my age and literally from that moment on my community, uh, has been, 
this incredible guys and girls that are lifting me up, that hit me up every day. I have group chats all day long with people sending me verses. I send verses to them. Oh, just I great. wake up in the morning and I, I get bombarded with scripture from my friends. <laughs> I'm thinking so, about you, praying for so you. Cool, God spoke to me lit last night. I get voicemails through the day from friends saying, hey, I just I just want to pray for you right now. I don't know if you're going through something. I get these. I mean, this is stuff I didn't know existed. And this yeah. is a community that happens in my church yeah. and in this little pl- this place around Mosaic. Um, people behave this way. They don't just, it's not fake. Like I, I used yeah. to just experience Christianity in the church where you'd shake someone's hand and say, oh, I'll yeah. be praying for you this week. And <laughs> what is what is that? Yeah. You know, but then people that are I really mean, get cats, into it and really get it and really, yeah. <laughs> and really like are digesting it and wanting, to, wanting it to be real. Yes. That's all I've ever wanted, man. All I've ever wanted is something real and for God to be real and for people to be real. And I finally met people this way. And the women... What's really cool is the women that I've met, God has helped me to be able to look at girls differently through this time oh, because I used huge, to man. only see women as an object. Sure. They weren't They weren't like – I mean I just didn't see them as equal to me. I really did. I'll be real with you. Like yeah. it, it wasn't a misogynistic thing as much as it was. Yeah, they man, were I... a device for my pleasure. Sure. And yeah. that, that's how – because if the outcome is I just want to – ejaculate and that's all that i cared about <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're the only thing that's gonna help me do that so right, yeah of course they're just an object to me yeah sure man and the beautiful thing about about grace and what what god did and it's someone like me and the way i think and i know other men are like this i know men think this way oh absolutely uh, god delivers you from that and he delivered me from that and now the women that are in my life i love on them i care for them they're my friends i don't see them that way at all you know i could spend time with them and the, the, any lustful thought doesn't even enter my mind because i see them as a as a sister and i see them as a princess of the of the almighty and when you look at a woman that way there's wow. no room for that kind of behavior anymore it just gives you know, I don't all of humanity this dignity yes yes it's respect it's like I, I care for them and i love them the way jesus does and and how could i how could i do such a thing to them you know yeah. and behave the way that i used to behave doesn't mean that i don't still struggle with those things you know it's no. not it's not something that goes away. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that I'm not going to falter or I'm not, I'm going to yeah. be perfect. And I don't, I live in the moment now, so I'm not making these crazy commitments like, Doesn't Hey, yeah. abstinence and you know, virgin yeah. again and all that stuff. It's cause that stuff, it just leaves you broken again because when you screw up, you're like, Oh, I broke this huge covenant. And now ah, I'm like, I suck again. Dude, no, it's yeah. Like free, like being a believer and having freedom in Christ isn't freedom to just do what you want now and sin the way you want. It's right. it's having so much joy and loving Jesus so much that you just don't want anything to do with sin because you know what it does. Like right. I know what sleeping with girls every night does to me. It makes me miserable and it makes me a horrible person to be around, and I hate myself for it. I don't want to go back to that life anymore. Right, so right. I you know, the so cool thing that you said earlier that kind of dovetails into this is you mentioned like, you know, feeling like a prodigal and like coming to your senses. And in that in that story in Luke, you know, the father who's God obviously knows that when his son wanders off with his fortune, that he's gonna find nothing but depression, yeah. nothing but emptiness. But he lets him go experience that because that's what freedom truly is. It is. He does it. And that's so beautiful too. Cause I, I, I've screwed up a few times since I got saved. And yeah, the first sure. time when I did, first time when I did, I remember feeling like, well, I just ruined everything. Right. And I thought like, well, I just, everything that I had said and done, uh, and like I, I screwed it all up. And what I learned from that was pretty amazing is, is God was very specific by me by saying, Hey, listen, I don't require you, uh, to be like 
this quintessential ideal where you have to do the right thing all the time and be perfect, you're going to stumble. You right. know, but the, the trick is is that you come right to me and you walk in grace and know like you're free you're free from that sin now. Like I'm yeah. free from it. That's, you know, I'll never go cool, back. Man. Like it's not who I am anymore. And I need to really believe that I'm different now because yeah. the, the problem with the devil, he likes to blur that line of compromise and make you think that, oh, well, um, those things I used to do, I can maybe dabble in that a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you do, and then you think you're like your old self. But the truth is you have to believe that you are different because he said that I'm different. And now that I know that I'm different, I know that I'll never, ever be that man again. So when we do falter and do screw up, it's not a moment that we can now spend the day beating ourselves up and thinking, oh, I'm now I'm that guy again and I screwed everything up. But no, it's like, right. no, I, I'm a son of the king. And this is just a reminder to me, another reminder to me yeah. of how this makes me feel and how this just separates me and keeps me from God. And our motivation should always be to avoid any of that kind of disconnect from the father. Because oh. a disconnect means that we're separated. And, and to me, sin is the disconnect. Because yeah, you know that feeling when you sin, when you screw up, yeah, you feel that disconnect from God. Yeah. There's nothing worse than that. You feel a you disconnect know? from everything. Yes, and your friends, and you isolate. The world? That's what he's protecting us from, yeah. I mean, he's he, protecting us from ourselves, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. I, I completely agree, man. Hey, let me ask you something. One of the things that this podcast has uh, really been, it's been cool for lots of people from lots of different walks of life. And uh, one thing that kind of we all have in common is we know that the way we used to see things has either been disrupted by a life event or disrupted, you know, like some of the things you were sharing or disrupted by something they learned or okay. some experience. But we, we, we use the word deconstruction because it's like this pulling apart or dismantling of past certainties that we took for granted for whatever reason. And now we're entering into this new sort of more expansive, bigger, more vast, more mysterious new reality. So this pulling apart and dismantling of old beliefs, entering into a new reality about God or about reality or whatever, you know, like what, how did, how does that kind of look for you? Like you used to kind of believe this way and then some things happen mm. and like, how do you now look at some of these things and how would you kind of talk about deconstruction in some of those ways? It's, uh, that's a great question, especially because I had a lot of old ways of believing in certain things, because even though, even though I wasn't, uh, I didn't give my heart to Jesus, I still had a lot of religious stuff in me. And uh, I had a lot of very um, specific beliefs about faith that I really felt were true, depending, or I think because of the way I lived and uh, through experience, that I was like, well, God behaves this way um, because of this, or I don't think that I should feel this way because it makes me feel that way. Um, right. So I base I base a lot of my beliefs off of my own feelings and mm. a, a lot of how I felt would make other people be more receptive to faith back in the back before I was saved. So now, honestly, now going into my beliefs, de deconstructing how I used to feel, there's a lot that God has had to go into my heart and say, "Hey, that was a lie. You need to let that go." Wow. And what's, nice. to be honest, the thing that's really helped me like verify these things is just the Bible. Um, I, I, there's really no other source that I can think of that has allowed me to go, well, your word says this. I've been saying this. I need to really kind of check why I've been feeling this way and what your word says. And I go deeper into that scripture and then I tear apart. Um, let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, I was very big on uh, 
like open view of the future worldview type stuff when it comes to theology. Sure. And extremely anti-Calvinist because Calvinism to me at, at one point was very, very uh, harmful in my faith. Um, yeah. Believing that all that stuff of Calvinism. I'm sure. I'm sure your listeners know a little bit about that. Um, but I used that as an excuse to do what I wanted because I didn't like the idea that things were already set in motion and that I had to like walk this blueprint way of life. And that yeah. if I'm already going, if I'm already precurrent, like if I'm predestined to go to hell, then what the hell? I'll just go to hell. You don't want me. I don't want you. You know, Makes that sense. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And, um, I use that as an, as an excuse and I had to really learn what, what God meant by that without getting too deep into that kind of theology. What I really see it as now is that there is a higher calling and mm. that I have to live above reproach because God's called me to live above reproach. It's not so much that it's a calling as though, Hey, when you were born, you're going to heaven and that guy is not, it's more, uh, wow. I'm choosing you to live a certain way wow. so that others can see who I am through you. Oh, and so it's, wow, it's not dude. like this that is so uh, elitist thing that I thought, you know, it's like, it's how about being chosen to be somebody who like teaches people how to love? Yes. Yes. That's what the whole point of this is, you know? And, exactly. um, so there were a lot of those kind of moments and even, even, um, sexual boundaries and stuff that I really had to check because I would think, well, I used to be married. What am I allowed to do now? You know, God, do you really expect me to be celibate? Like, what do you expect of me? And I would dabble in those things. And I would say, okay, maybe if I just go down on a girl, that's okay. <laughs> not sex with her. Sorry for being too graphic. No, 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 you're fine. But, but, uh, but these are things that we think about because this yeah. is stuff that I was told when I was a young kid. Like, you're allowed to do this. Like, you're allowed, because I remember I was allowed to make out. Right, 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 right. Touch girls. I was on to touch a girl's boobs, so I can make out with her. Right, right. <laughs> but I was still, but I was still getting aroused. There's a book like, out there is, somewhere. What does right? all this mean? <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And I'm not even kidding. There, this stuff. These are still the questions that are going on with people my age in the church. Oh, for sure. It's, it's weird. This crazy, it's like weird. rule matrix code that people are trying to crack. Yeah. Yes. When a life yes. of free love, which is what the divine life is, yes. is not about that. No, it's yeah. not about that. And I, I've learned what what God really wants out of me through me specifically. And I, I think everybody needs to really check who they are and what God is trying to to say to their life. Because we, I mean, fundamentally, man, like he knows us all specifically. He knows our hearts, our struggles, who we are to the depth of who we are. So yeah. there may be ways that he wants to move in us that are different from other people, but his word is still the same. Yeah. So he could yeah. be using me in... And using his word through me in a different way than he would someone else that maybe needs it to be in a different way. So for me, God had to be very clear about boundaries because he knows, look, this is the thing that keeps you separate from me. So I need you to stay pure, you know? Yeah. And I always tell my friends, like, look, stay pure, man. Like, I'll be honest. Like, yeah, it's fun to do that stuff. I get it. You're not, you know, it's not the end of the world. If you hook up with a girl, like you don't right. have to beat yourself up. Right. But but like just from my experience, it leaves you pretty dark yeah. and it's empty. It's not the same because I was married. Sex with your wife is not like sex outside of marriage. It's very different. You <laughs> yeah, feel, yeah, true. feel very, a real emptiness to it. I mean, yeah. it just happens. It's a real thing in the core. So for me, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle every day. There are times yeah. where I do fall in it. But I know right now that God has been clear and said, these are the boundaries I need in your life and to be sexually pure. Because with, with that out of your heart, without those thoughts of lust in your heart, 
I can actually do real work in you and you can love people without that thing. It's just a distraction for me, man. Like Absolutely. the moments when I am just like bombarded with lust and that stuff, it's a huge distraction for what I'm actually meant to be doing. That's and stuff, I look at it man. as any kind of drug. So um, those are other ways of thinking that I've, I've had to flip because yeah, I used to yeah. just make excuses. I would find any way I could to do what I wanted. And if that meant like, well, I won't have sex, but I'll be able to do this and I'm doing the right thing. God's like, eh, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. But yeah, what is that yeah. going to do for you? That's not going to yeah. leave you oh, any that's joy. So good, You're not going to have any joy in that, right? That's so good. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, that's dude. fundamentally what he wants. He wants us to have his joy in his heart. So if we're if I'm fooling around with girls, then I'm left feeling darkness after and there's no joy in that and that's not what he wants from me. So right. it's not the legalism that I really thought it was all my life. Not at so all. So I hope that that at least clears that up with some people, you know, because it's a it's a big thing, man. It's, yeah. Everybody deals with this every single day man. in the church, you know. Yeah, we, we talk about we talk about the fact that the church has somehow ended up like and I say church as a whole, you know, um, has kind of ended up in this game of sin management. And it's completely <laughs> missing the point. Right. Like that's not the intention behind the whole thing, you know. Wow. So, sin management. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't come up with that. I stole that. So uh, yeah, I, I steal all my stuff, too. It's all everybody. Good. Everybody <laughs> does. Man. Yeah. Anybody worth listening to stole it from somebody else. So it's yeah, fine. totally. So um, so just just a, a quick question for you, just kind of going back to, you know, like when things really went dark for you in your life. And so what what advice would you have for other people out there who are struggling with kind of dark and harmful thoughts and and and. How, how can they how can they reach out for help? What, what do they do? Yeah, uh, the, It's always good to get out of your own head um, because when you're battling things in your mind, I find your mind will always win over. Wow. Um, and yeah. a, really, a really good way of getting out of your head is speaking things out loud. Um, it, it really does help. Uh, so I find in those moments, man, those moments of psychological warfare where you're just mm. feeling so much stress or fear or um, – where sin is just overwhelming you, addiction or whatever it may be. For an example, if a guy, I got a phone call from a really good friend even last night and said, hey man, I'm I'm really struggling. I want to have sex really bad tonight. I need help. And I just called him and, and prayed with him. Um, but yeah. I find in those moments, because the, the stuff in your head, uh, when you speak things out loud, when you actually say, like, God, uh, I am really, really wanting to act out right now. I really want to do this one thing more than anything. And I'm really frustrated because I don't feel you. I don't know where you are and I'm hating on myself and you just express everything you're feeling like just honestly, out loud. Yeah. Just yeah, honestly. God, say it out loud. There's uh, power in your words. Dang, man. And when you pray, do when you pray it and when you say it, I find those moments pass quicker. Wow. Uh. They really do. There's, there's so much with the power of your own words and speaking the, the words that God has in the scriptures, because if you just lie there and you're and you're in your thoughts, yeah. I just I find ninety percent of the time, man, I I always fall in those moments wow. because my mind just wins. It just always does. But His Word will always oversee. So like I Dude, that is profound. Yeah, it's just the truth that's happened with me. I mean, yeah. and I've I've just noticed it. I've noticed it, and uh, it's a real thing when you when you speak it. And so with, if other people are dealing with stuff or feeling that. Remember, I would also say to really know what grace really means. Grace isn't an apology and being forgiven from, from an apology. Grace is the realization that we are free from sin and that he has empowered us, that Christ has empowered us now to overcome sin. That's what grace really is. It's not this groveling, 
I'm yeah. sorry, please take yeah. me back moment. It's no, you live in the castle. You're with the king already. You're already royalty. <laughs> yeah. dude, you're you're already there. Yeah, dude, we're not peasants out there like Aladdin trying to steal apples and trying to get the king to just forgive us for stealing. No, we're in the castle. We're already royalty. So why do we live in such condemnation when we are princes and princesses? Oh, There's no man. need for it, man. There's no need for it. Like, dude. when we have struggles and we, like, fall and that stuff, just let grace just wash you over and know, like, it's okay. You, you've you already been forgiven for that stuff. It's already taken care of. Yeah. So there's no need to, like, wallow in it anymore. You know? I don't I mean, care who you are, man. That's beautiful. It's just that's the stuff God's been revealing to me just because I've been asking him. Like, I've been asking him, like, who am I? Yeah. Show me who I am. Man. I desperately want to know how he sees me because it's important to me. It's yeah. important to me, man, to be able to walk around town and just, like, shine that light and know, like, no, I'm not condemned. Like, I have no fear. Like someone could walk up to me on the subway any day and put a gun to my head and I would smile right back at him, man. I don't have that fear anymore. It's That's not amazing. there, you know, because we're just, we don't, we're not of this world. We live in a supernatural realm. And like, I, I really believe that, uh, there's a lot more that we have at stake and a lot more that we're capable of doing. If we just need to dive into and realize who we are, that's the wow. problem with this culture. It's an man, identity crisis, man. It's an identity crisis. Ah, that's good stuff, things. dude. <laughs> dude nice. you, you realize you're dropping nuggets so good that we're never going to be able to have another musician on the show again. You know? <laughs> like, you've got to set the bar yeah, too high. But this is all, you understand, if you, if you interviewed me in August, yeah. you would have gotten a lot of bullshit. <laughs> a lot of bullshit like it would have just been a ton of self-serving garbage but this is just this is just his word like it's yeah. just christ learning through what he's taught me and actually stepping out of those old things and uh and it's it really is commitment it's not being lazy with with your walk i'm not talking about like waking up and reading the bible at 7 a.m and having your devotion i'm talking about you live and breathe at every moment yeah. Like there's, there should not be a moment of your life that you're not completely in tune with the Holy Spirit in conversation in in anything. If you're lying in the grocery store and you're being impatient because someone's taking too long, you got to check your attitude. Like, where's that coming yeah. from? We don't, we're not supposed to operate that way anymore. Right. We're just not supposed to be those people. That's like, amazing. There should be no impatience in us at all. We shouldn't oh. have it. And if you have it, then you need to, you need to work that out. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. you to just touch on one more one more time um sure. so, so many people i think uh look at spirituality and religion and some of the things you were talking about and they just kind of throw it all in the same bucket and i completely get that because you know we, we've mishmashed all of these words and honestly the way we live like the thing i appreciate you about about you man that can i can i just encourage you for a second 
is I feel like I'm talking to somebody who's not worried about fitting into a mold, but somebody who is free in their authenticity. Yeah. Mm. Like, the way you're talking about what you've experienced with the divine and God and this spirit that you refer to that a lot of our listeners are going to be like, I'm not sure what that is, but I can tell this guy means it. I can tell this Mm. guy is speaking from his gut, speaking from his inner parts, his inner life. And you contrasted that at one point when you were talking with religion. You were like, this isn't religion. I'm tired of religion. Yeah. I think yes. everybody's freaking tired of religion. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Can you think of one positive thing about the word religion, honestly? So what do you think the uh, difference is? Like, how would you explain the difference to somebody that's like, aren't you talking about religion, man? Because you're not. But yeah. like, some people would think that that's what we're talking about. Uh, it, it, it's just such a hard thing to do. Uh, the difference to me is uh, a lot of it is people with a lot of head knowledge about Ooh, about man. things. Yeah, you, you know the Bible, and we know people like this. You know the Bible, you know the Quran, you know this, you know you know religion. Um, and you could, you could out-debate anybody when it comes to religion. Like, even when you see some YouTube comments. Yeah, oh, uh, dude, you know, get Christians out of here that blood, you, That's a perfect example. Like, really smart people that know the word inside and out. And know all the sins and how to explain it and how to condemn people. Yeah. Um, and here's a good example too. I, I watched this documentary called Father of Lights, and it's just a really cool documentary that's uh, Todd White's in it, and some other really cool preachers like Bill Johnson from Bethel. Um, but it had this uh, really cool evangelist that was, he was at Venice Beach, and he was prophesying over people through their tattoos. So people would walk yeah. by, see their tattoos, and he would look in their tattoos and prophesy over them, tell them what, what it means what, and who they are and what Jesus, Jesus loves them. It was really cool. But he, when they were filming this thing, uh, they were noticing that no one wanted to talk to this guy because they saw the picket fence people were, like, down the block. Wow. That you're going to help people, you know, with the, with the signs. I don't know if you guys see a lot of that in Ohio, but out here. see some of it, man. They're yeah. everywhere. Okay, so um, – so what I what's really cool about this documentary is that uh, the guy, the evangelist, said, "Look, I've I've a really I'm really able to love on people through Christ that walk by me. You know, like I just have an easy way of loving them. But I'm noticing I'm having a hard time loving these guys, the guys with the picket with the picket signs. Yeah, you know? for sure, totally, man. And and it checked me too because I have a hard time loving the religious. Yeah. I really do. Um, the religious." I, I really sometimes feel like deep hatred. Dude, they for, bug the for those type of people. shit yeah. out of me sometimes. Cause, yeah. Yes, because they ruin they ruin what we're trying to do. And I've I got I got really convicted in this documentary because those guys went over and prayed for the guys with the signs and wow. loved on them and just talked with them and treated them like anybody else. Dignity. And, yeah. Dignity. Yeah. Yes, and I think there's the that's the the difference right there Man, is you good. have you have the heart and then you have the head. So the guys with the signs are only thinking, I want to tell these people that they're wrong and they're going to hell because that is how I've been taught. Right. And I know, I know for a fact that if you sin, you go to hell. And that's what I know. So I have to show them that. Right. And that's what they're thinking. You know, that's their motivation. But without the Holy Spirit, that's why it's so important. That's why the Holy Spirit, and you said some people might not know what that is. So the Holy Spirit is the lifeline between God's heart and our heart. Wow. It's how Whoa. we hear his heart, see his heart, understand how he sees people, understand how he loves others, 
uh, without the Holy Spirit, you can't empathize. You can't see people the way God sees people. So you're going to get the religious. Uh, even religious claim to have the Holy Spirit. Um, they let the religion just get so deep in their heads that they're not able to love. And that, I think, is the difference. And it's all about a heart change. Yeah, because, man. I can, wow. dude, I can read the Bible inside and out, know the Word, know theology. But if I don't have the Holy Spirit in me that's teaching me who God really is, then it's always going to be legalistic. And it's always just going to turn people off. Man, and, man, yeah. it's drag. It's a total drag. We're, yeah. we're not only trying to help and love other people, but we're also trying to to disclaim the people that are ruining it for us. Totally, like people man. that actually love Jesus and want others to love Jesus and, and experience Jesus. And we got to deal with the religious at the same time. It's yeah. very frustrating, you know? Yeah. You find that it, it oftentimes is the, the loudest voices that are the ones that seem to be doing the most damage from, from a religious perspective, you know, like, I remember my dad getting super fired up because he would see, you know, Christians in the news who are just, just saying horrible things. And he's like, yeah. people out there see these people saying these things and they assume that we all believe, you know, the same yeah. kind of list of, you know, it's not true. So it's not true, man. And I've noticed too, and it was so frustrating about the media as well is they always grab that weirdo. Yeah. They always, yeah. they always do. They, they, do. they yeah. do. They do the story about the crazy Christian. You watch a movie. If there's ever a movie with a Christian in it, they're an absolute wacko. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be honest, I, I, I mean, I, I really don't have that many encounters with people like that. I honestly don't like, yeah. it doesn't happen that often. Uh, generally I find modern Christians are just the sweetest, most amazing people that love people and don't That's feel that way about man. gays. Don't hate on like other, like, I just don't experience that, honestly. You see it once yeah. in a while, but it's usually yeah, in the media. Yeah, you see it sometimes. It's usually in the media. Yeah. <laughs> but on a day-to-day basis in church, and when I talk about Jesus with others, and when I meet other believers, I don't see those people that often. I did in the 90s. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. But yeah. there is a change. There is a change. There's a revolution going on. We need only tap into it. We need only reach further out. Um, I think for guys we need like only us, to yeah. just do what you're doing, man, which is just be real. Yes. Be real, man. That's that's all we're required to do. Being, being fake to, is yes. hiding. So no matter who you are <laughs> listening to this, no matter where you're at with your beliefs or whatever that looks like, if you don't start by being real, you're never going to make it because all you're doing is constructing some mask, you're constructing some costume, no. you're constructing yeah. some perception, and you're not being Ooh. real. Mm. I, I find too, yeah, I find too that um, the, the biggest breakthrough for me is not having any secrets anymore whoa and, uh, it really is um like even talking to you guys about how i've been struggling uh even like this week you know um but you could take my phone and you could look through my phone and see anything on there i have nothing to hide anymore um i i'm completely transparent with my friends and even with there's there's some real there's real freedom in that and even i would say that for married people um, that was a big issue being married was secrets. Yeah, like yeah. what, what are we hiding from yeah, our spouse? Man. What are we hiding from God? What the smallest little thing? Is there something in your phone you don't want someone to know about? Yeah. Is there something in your life that you don't, you don't let someone know about? It's toxic. Allow your, yes. Allow yourself to be so clear and transparent that nothing could come back to you. Cause you can say, uh, oh yeah, well everyone knows about that. Like, yeah. That's not like, a secret. Like, yeah, let's talk, talk about pastor. that. He knows all about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. When I, when I am dealing with something, when sin enters my life, uh, I always bring it up to my friends. 
I always bring it up. Oh, that's huge. I bring it up to my family. I tell people about it, and I get it out, and then we, we work on it together. I think you're hitting community. on something here, man, because I think one of the things we advocate for so much and what this podcast is about really is community. I mean, we all have doubts. We all have struggles. Ugh. We all have wrestling. We're all going through crap and shit, and it's just it's messy, yeah. and it's weird, and we look different today than we did yesterday. But what we're talking about and what really this whole conversation has been about is what community is, is the healthiest thing we could possibly have. It's where life starts. It's where life is sustained. It is just huge. And, and one of the things I love about what you're saying is secrets actually make you, even if you're in, quote, community, I have, quote, friends or I'm in a marriage or whatever, if you have secrets and you're hiding things, it's not a real relationship. You're controlling what people see of you and you're offering up some fake person that doesn't really exist, yeah. and you're not actually in community. It's just some character you're presenting, yeah. and so you don't feel loved, and you don't feel free, and you don't feel like your guilt or your shame or anything like that's ever going to get touched because a real person isn't actually involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. That is so good, man. I get this and for that's, free every that's week, how I man. In 20 years. <laughs> What's that? You I what? get this for free every week. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's. You're right about that, man. And community really helps define when you see that in certain people. Like I know specifically a couple, like two or three people that I know right now in my head that are doing what you just said. Yeah. And I know it. And I'm only getting the character. I'm only getting. And you're just like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. I want more. Give me the real stuff. Yes. What are your struggles? What are your doubts? What's your crap? Dude. Yes. And I know that'll be a breakthrough for them. Because then yeah. they could finally be real, like you said, and have real relationships. And, and that is a problem with everybody, you know. And it is, it is an issue, I think, with why some people don't find the right kind of community. Because they feel like, I have to be perfect. I have to look like I'm just as good as this guy. If I reveal this thing in me, then how am I, I going to be loved again? How are people actually going to want to be around me? And I've just noticed, if I can just share to anyone out there listening, that just step out of that mentality. Let that go. Open up oh, to man. somebody. Tell someone what you're feeling. Yes. Tell someone that addiction. Tell someone if you're struggling or you don't know who you are, you don't understand this, or like, man, yes. I don't even feel like I know God anymore. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like I'm a good person. Just let it out and watch people love you. Yeah. Watch man. the uh, doors open. Give man. Them the it chance, just yeah. happens. It will happen. Like yeah. just let that fear go. That is I so had to good. do that. I had to do that, and I'm bombarded with friendship now because of it. But if That's I kept – like here's the thing. I was the character all my life. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have real friends because Ugh. no one got to know me. No one knew who I was. They just got the fake Brennan, the you know, the facade. You can't love fake so, Brennan because he, he's not a real person. No, no, not a real person. And I love myself now, man. I really do. I love I can who tell, I am. Man. I love who God made me, and uh, it allows me to love other people. It really does, and uh, ah, I don't. I don't hate on myself anymore. I don't so. think Praise anybody Jesus, in guys. the world is going to have a problem with you putting that stuff out there, man. No, <laughs> no, it's cool. it's emanating out of you, man. Like you, we can feel it. Just authenticity. Thanks, guys. You guys too, man. This is really refreshing. You know, I've Good. I've done a couple of these things, and it, it's I was. This is the first time I've opened up about the details of my addiction. I I have I've been a little worried about sharing it. Yeah. Um, I posted a testimony online in December right. about some things I was going through. Yeah, we read and, about that, um, man. Yeah. I got a lot of feedback from that and a lot of 
couple magazines picked it up and then I got just massive emails from people that are suffering from like heroin addiction, all the stuff. And I was fearful. I was like, Oh, I, I, you know, I mentioned my addiction, but I don't know if people really realize that most of that addiction was sex addiction. Yeah. And I was, I was unsure if that was going to be hard for maybe some people to relate with or understand or even take seriously. But I hope that I was able to express that now in yeah. a way that maybe you can see that as a real addiction. Cause it is that and drugs, yeah. you know, cause it drugs is. play a big part in it as well. But, um, it's a real thing that a lot of people are dealing with and it causes real heartbreak Absolutely, and it man. causes real, real death. Look, and, pick your um, poison, man. Addiction's all about, it's all dopamine. Why do you think they call it dope? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it is, man. It's just pick your poison. Right, so, We're all wired different. So like, I think it, you yeah. came through loud and clear and gracious and, and, yeah. okay. and authentic. That's and, good to know. And, uh, dude, I think our listeners are going to just feel hugged by this conversation. Good. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that, man. I'm glad that God could just bring something beautiful out of something so ugly, and which was my life. And uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the future and what's going to happen with you guys. You guys are this is really cool. This is really <laughs> cool. I, I read a little bit of your uh, reviews when we were off uh, off camera for a second, just to see what's going on. And people are loving what you're doing. It sounds like one of the most authentic things of in radio right now. So I, oh. I wish you guys the best. I hope this thing blows up. I know it will. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. We, uh, let, let's, uh, let me, let me wrap it up with you then real quick. Cause we don't want to keep you on here all sure. night, but, um, just, uh, just for our listeners. Um, I know you were, you, you had some vocal issues with, uh, the vocal cords. How, how are those? And yeah, it's still, it's still a problem. You know, I'm getting through it. Uh, you can hear I'm talking, talking. Okay. For a while, I wasn't really able to talk at all. Wow. Um, uh, my voice isn't what it used to be. You know, I have to sing for maybe an hour a day when I'm tracking vocals and stuff and recording, and then it just completely dies. My buddy Phil Wickham, he's like the singer down in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. He he. Okay, he went through a very bad vocal injury um, where he had to get surgery, and he taught me through some. He just taught me through some like exercises I can do to avoid that. So I've been doing what he said, um, and I've been able to avoid surgery. So right now things are going to be okay. The album's going to come out soon. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm just hoping. I'm definitely hoping that it'll heal at some point. So I have to have surgery because it's it's pretty it's pretty frustrating. Not I think you'll definitely like get some yeah. people uh, sending prayers and thoughts and uh, I love it. and encouragement I'd your love way it. just from that. Man. <laughs> I need know, it, man. I, know I, miss, we will. I miss my voice. I really do. I miss it. Yeah, we we'll definitely able to sing like I used to. We'll support you, know, you in that, man. Me. Tell us just a little bit about this this record when it's going to drop. Sure. And, uh, yeah. And uh, some people want to yeah. know about that. Yeah, so we, we're kind of dividing it up into, I think, maybe three or two or three EPs right now. Okay. Uh, we have a lot wow. of music that we're working on. Uh, it's heavily influenced by um, our favorite films mixed in with paralleling our favorite films with life life events. So awesome. we have songs like, even like, I'll throw this out there, like the song Orion that you guys have. Yeah. yeah. That's a, literally about Terminator 2. <laughs> 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 which is such a great so, film man yeah dude we would often what we would do is because I, I wrote this stuff and, and my friend brent produced it uh we wrote it together and he produced it but yeah. we we would just like find our favorite childhood films parallel those plots with our own lives so wow um, that's super so even, cool man oh yeah it's, it's interesting like even this song okay the song treasure island yeah um it sounds like we're really singing about the plot of that story, but what it is, it's a plot parallel with the fact that it was, it was about my, my ex-wife and I, when we got divorced, we, before we got divorced, we were leaving Seattle. We wanted to just leave all the stuff behind that we left. So that song is about moving to a new city and finding hope in a new city, in a new town. Oh, wow. Um, 
but it's also paralleled with the story of Treasure Island. So every almost every song of ours is about a movie. That's um, so neat, man. What a yeah, cool right. angle. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the uh, exciting things that we do. Yeah. Um, we have one that's going to be about Indiana Jones, and I can't wait for it. Oh, uh, man. Dude. You got me yeah. right there. You got me. <laughs> yes. So it's not literal, but you'll you'll hear those those elements in there, and I'm not sure if I want to reveal all of it yet. No, 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 no. that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. But I'm like, I kind of like the mystery of that. So yeah, yeah, guys, thank you. Let me know if you need anything else too, because this is really cool what you're doing. You've been incredible, man. People are gonna get blown away by this. Grace and peace to you, friend. Yeah, you guys too. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, man. Thank you so much, man. Take care. All right, you got it. Bye. See you. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.